This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. We salute you, goal machine, Matty Pearson. It's the warm-up episode 107. It's Brady and Tom. We're previewing the Watford game and we're joined by BBC sports journalist, Georgia Cook. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first. What a 4 us win. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that one? Um... Longer than I want to admit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah brilliant result. Um, I mean, it's got everyone on the high, hasn't it? It's got everyone believing again. Um, we seem to be the team down there that, yeah, are proper up for it. So, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. But, uh, Georgia, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Um, good to have you on. Good to have a proper journalist. We've got two weeks in a row now, haven't we, Tom? We're going to have yeah, to no. but... <laughs> Hitting the jackpot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Georgia, before we get into the kind of Watford um, preview, because there's a lot to talk about, um, but obviously you're the Huddersfield Town ambassador for her game too. Um, so if you're, if you're all right, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about her game too and, and what your, your role is and what you do. Yeah, so Her Game 2 wants to support women who uh, might be afraid to put their opinions online, even though they they are valid, uh, in stands as well, if they feel that, you know, they might be judged, Um, just just giving their opinions. So we want to create a safe space where women feel that they are equal to give their opinion, whether it be online or in the stands. Um, as a young woman myself, I started going to Huddersfield like away games by myself at around fourteen and fifteen, um, traveling all over, and I was sat with older men on the coach that were like, "Oh, why are you here?" And I thought, "Why are you questioning? Should I question you? Why you're on the coach?" I I, I just wouldn't. Um, and that was kind of the the barrier that we want to break. We want women to feel like that that they belong at football and that their opinions are, like I said, are valid and that there's a safe space to give them online where they're not going to be, you know, filled with hatred just because of their gender. Yeah. No, absolutely. And um, you know, if um obviously you mentioned things that happen unfortunately happen quite a lot um at, you know, at games, not just Huddersfield Town games, but with you being an ambassador, if um if anyone can people get in touch with yourself, you know, if it's anything to do with the club? Any ideas? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on I'm on any social media platform, really. Um, and Huddersfield have put out where to kind of get in touch. So there's my Twitter, which obviously you'll probably tag. Um, and just, you know, if it, I'm quite, you know, I've, no, I've got bright blonde hair, so and I'm always around, uh, especially in the South Stand, so that people can come up to me. I'm, I'm very approachable, you know, I don't... Don't buy unless we're losing. Don't approach me then. But <laughs> I'm only messing. But um, yeah, you know, if if there's any worries, I had a young girl come up to me and she uh, was by herself. She said, "Oh, do you mind if I if I stand with you?" I was like, "Of course, of course not." You know, and I would rather her come up to me than stand there and feel uncomfortable uh, for ninety minutes being by herself because I've been in that position and it's it's not nice. I remember going down to Tottenham. Uh, with the new stadium open and I was by myself and it, it wasn't it's not a great feeling because you know you're by yourself you 
everyone's with their mates like having a drink and you know going out for food and you've gone all that way you've, and you're like oh right well there's there's no one to kind of talk to so it's definitely um I, i'm here if, if anyone wants to speak male or female obviously we're here predominantly for female fans but um you know if, it, if there's any men that you know are feeling feeling lonely and want to chat you know i'm here for them as well great stuff lovely wonderful to hear um some other stuff that's wonderful to hear guys is we're going to get into this preview and uh i tell you what watford are in a bit of a uh, bit of a tricky spot at the moment. So they they're eleventh in the table heading into this one. They are only six points off the playoff places. However, they did lose last time out to Luton in a derby day defeat, uh, where Watford boss Chris Wilder said he believes a cultural reset may be needed to put the club back on the right path towards the Premier League. Um, they don't need too much of a reset at Vicarage Road, though. Looking into it, they've lost just once in the last ten home games, which was a two neat a two 0 defeat to Millwall on Boxing Day. But they have drawn at home to Hull, Rotherham and most recently Wigan. Plus, a little bit of further encouragement, uh, Watford have won just once in the last six. So, Tom, if Town can put four past Middlesbrough, you'd be hoping they can go and get a result against Watford, wouldn't you? You would. It's um, it's not a happy place at the moment, Watford. I know I've, I've got a couple of mates who follow them. Um, they're not not really enjoying it. Uh, the mate who I was potentially going to meet for the game on uh, Friday, sounds like he'd rather just stay in London and have a few drinks than go up and watch it. So they're in that kind of, uh, that kind of zone. Um, yeah. I mean, I, town, town are on a proper high at the moment. And I, I, I'm just thinking back to, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks ago, Brady, and we were thinking, when are we when are we gonna get a win this are we gonna see town win again this season basically and now now I'm looking at these fixtures in a completely different light after after Middlesbrough and thinking why not Warn, Warnock's Warnock's figured it out on it it feels like which is buzzing yeah look at you the smirks back the smile <laughs> it's, it's amazing what uh the Warnock magic can do um not to be uh, Debbie Downer, but Georgia, Huddersfield do have a rotten away record, can't speak today, winning just three games uh, away from home all season. Um, but do you see that bad run kind of coming, continuing or do you think the recent form that Tom's talked about um, could give us you know, a bit of encouragement? I think the last um, couple of away games, especially West Brom, we were we were really unlucky to not get anything out of that. Um, the silly penalty um, that... I don't know what Matty Pearson were thinking, um, and like Warnock said, he kind of redeemed himself, um, against against Middlesbrough. But um, I thought we were quite unlucky. I think we played really well at West Brom. Uh, it certainly shocked me just a one nil scoreline. Um, Millwall. Uh, I know that Millwall were predominantly on the ball a lot more, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's who comes away with the three points that really matters. Um, but. You know, I think we've we've got a, a real confidence in the in the team at the minute. There's a few um, questionable people missing. Um, I was really disappointed that Kamara and Diara both weren't in the squad on Saturday. I think when you've got a fast-paced team like Middlesbrough, why are they not playing? Um, Hungbo as well. Um, especially after the Bristol game, for me, um, I saw he re- he wasn't putting in any effort and it was right to take him off at half-time. But how long do you punish him for? You know, he's a skillful player. He's fast. He's what we need, along with Kamara and Diara. It's okay starting Daddy Ward and Wagon, but they are older. We need some fresh, like, not fresh legs, but young legs in the midfield. It's all right having Johnny Hogg, but, you know, you need these to kind of push on, create fast runs, and especially Humbo on the wing. He, he, he's very, very quick. Um, and I and I was really disappointed not to see them at Middlesbrough. Obviously, it was great to get, to get the win, but... Looking at a starting eleven, that is what that is what you want. You want to think, right? You know, we, we're going to go there. We, we've brought our quickest players against a very quick side. But um, when I saw the lineup, I was a bit like, oh, here we go. You know, I was not encouraged at all. And the goal scorers, you know, you, you wouldn't. <laughs> if you'd have said to me Josh Ruffles to score in that game, I'd have laughed. Uh, never mind Pearson and Karoma, but you know. Like I said, the, the away record isn't great, but I just think the confidence that we've got at the minute beating two teams in the top half of the table is it's really not bad at all. 
No, and I, it's good to hear, George, that you want more. Even after a four-two win, you still you still wanting uh, wanting no, more. No, you know what? When everyone was like one 0 up and whatever, I was like, stop it, stop. I was like, because we've still got like half an hour. Like this could we could easily lose five four. <laughs> this is this, it's so unpredictable. This is Huddersfield. Like you know, we could end this four four. We could lose five four. And then when it went to when um, it looked like it gone over the line, I thought, here we go, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> It was just, uh, oh, I, I'm walking up and down the road like I'm the manager. I just like, I, I need to lie down. It'll be, yeah. um, it'll be really interesting to see. I think that's an interesting point, George, in the sense of like the teams he's he's been putting out, the squads he's been putting out when we've played. I mean, when you when you look at us last five games, right? We've been we've been playing teams up there chasing the playoffs, um. And each squad has been quite defensive. You, you haven't been getting that pace on, like you said. Be interested to see when we come up against, I don't know, probably like Swansea, Sunderland, Cardiff. Will he take a bit more of a, a front foot view when he, like, coming off, start kicking off with the game? Um, well, I mean, we, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking back at these results. What we have done, uh, those last five games, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant performances, really. The Warnock effect, will yeah. it? To be fair, I have made a bet with my friends that um, if we stayed up, I would get Warnock tattooed on me. <laughs> so, um, at the time when we agreed, it wasn't looking great. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, are you getting yourself booked in? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, who made that? <laughs> Wow, and you've just admitted that on a podcast, so yeah. uh, oh, you, yeah. even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking what? Warnock's face or just his name? What What would you go for? I mean, I think regardless, if even if we go down, I might have to get it done. I just yeah. love him, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm mad to flip a coin for his name or his face, but uh, you know, I'd be happy with either. Well, we can do a Twitter poll for you on our on our channel. If you <laughs> Sure, that won't get, go wrong at all. You've got to get I think someone we know good what... at doing portraits, aren't you? Because I'd imagine, imagine if it was like, oh god, I it'd probably end up looking more like Harry Redknapp than Neil Warnock. <laughs> Feel it oh, happening. Yeah, that's it. Just Warnock <laughs> somewhere, so it'd be it'd be quite nice. My mate got um Heffley with the cup tattooed on his. I think it was his thigh. Or his no, because I, I, I mean, I've said this to Brady before, but uh, I'm majorly, I was majorly obsessed with Michael Effley. I've got a cardboard cut out in there, um, <laughs> and now that he's engaged, it's going to the skip. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I'm really mad. I was actually, I cried when I saw the post. I was like some jealous ex. I was raging. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's only engaged. He's not actually married yet, so there's no. Yeah, maybe still I'm like, Jordan. stop the wedding! Stop the wedding! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, I was not expecting that to go. There we go. I, well, I'd personally love to see a, a Warnock tattoo. So yeah. uh, I hope you know, as much as I want us to stay up, I've got I have extra. actually got your podcast tattooed. It says, uh, "And he takes that chance." Amazing. Um, what? And it's the date underneath. Wow. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely for shameless penalty. It's not because of the podcast. Just want to clarify. Well, it's the same name as the podcast. You know, it's uh... so. Then on the other, the other arm, you're gonna have to have one of Warnock's funniest quotes from the season. I, I can't. On oh. this one. we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to work our way up. Yeah. Here. <laughs> uh, Warnock quotes. <laughs> oh, there's plenty. So we'll we'll help you narrow down um when we take a break. But um Tom, we have a view from the other side. Um that we? we were chatting to a Watford fan. Uh, and here it is. Oh, and I'm joined now by uh, David Walker from the Watford podcast, uh, the Rookery from the Rookery End. Uh David, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. You um you are about the two hundredth person to do the from the from the rookery end podcasting we didn't think about that before we named it it's very it's very actually doesn't work at all well we yeah we're called andy takes that chance so imagine trying to explain that to to everyone yeah. it's not yeah it's a, yeah i didn't pick the name so uh i'll uh you know I'll blame everyone else for that but um no cheers cheers for joining us obviously watford bit of an interesting season i know 
everyone makes jokes about all the managers and stuff. But um, is this, you know, it's three managers this season already. Is is that a surprise for, you, for yourselves? I've seen there's a lot of unrest online with the kind of what the fans about that the ownership. Just kind of tell us how the season's gone, really. Well, it's sadly, it's not a surprise at all um, because we've become so used to the situation in recent seasons. Um, you know, we've had, we had four last, four last season in the Premier League, two the season before that, you know, and it goes on and on and on. It's just, you know, it, it is just what we've come to expect. Um, and it, and it all speaks to really the fact that the owner, Gino Pozzo, really has lost control of the situation and just is constantly trying to do the thing that will save us or get us into the Premier League or save us from relegation, constantly rolling the dice. And there's only so many times you can do that, really. Uh, the sort of It was working for a bit. When we got promoted first time in 2015, we had four managers that season and it worked. And then we changed our manager every year when we were in the Premier League and it was like all ticking over nicely. But it's since 2019, really, after we got to the FA Cup final, it's all sort of just just really run off course and we, we just can't get back on course. But this season in particular, I mean, it fairly ridiculous situation, to be honest, because we hired Rob, um, Rob Edwards, who was the Forest Green manager, who'd taken Forest Green up from League Two last year. We hired him at the end of last season to much fanfare. Our chairman, Scott Duxbury, said in black and white, we will back Rob Edwards come hell or high water. Uh, and we sacked him after 10 games. So that gives you an idea of how harmonious things may or may not be behind the scenes at Vicarage Road in the training ground. But then we we got rid of him, replaced him with Slavin Bilic, who we thought was a sort of seasoned championship operator, had taken West Brom up not so long ago, been in the Premier League, kind of an interesting character, um, straight talker and all that. Sort of worked all right at the start. He had a bit of an impact. We beat Luton 4-0 early on in his reign and beat Stoke 4-0. And we, we sort of went on a little run and we felt like we were getting there. But really, the World Cup break kind of hampered us. We, we were doing what we would sort of had a bit of form without setting the world alight. We had a bit of form before the World Cup. When we came back from the World Cup, it just seemed like we were a different team. Not that many of our players had went away or anything, but it just... It just really felt like we just we just couldn't beat teams. We just we were really struggling to string any sort of results together. And it just kind of had a few injuries, well, a lot of injuries. In fact, almost the whole team were injured at, at one point, which didn't help. But we just got stuck in the mud and we just failed to beat teams. At Rotherham, we, we failed to beat them twice this season, failed to beat Preston twice this season, lost to Blackpool. Uh, lots of draws and just difficult results to, to the point where Billich, his time was up. And then we went for Chris Wilder. And, you know, the pattern with all of our managers is we, that one, there's, there's never, there, there isn't a pattern. That's the point. Then they're, they're never, there's never a model that we follow. It's it's one minute, it's Hodgson, then it's Edwards, then it's Billich, and it's Wilder, Chisco Munoz, who got us up before, Kike Sanchez Flores. They're all completely different from one another. And Chris Wilder's had four games of, yeah, four games now. And the most recent one being a 2 0 defeat to our rivals. Luton, who sat comfortably in the playoffs under the charge of Rob Edwards, uh, which sort of rubbed even more salt into the wounds. And we were just pitiful at the weekend. And it, it really has, it really does feel like our season is over, despite the fact that a lot of teams around us didn't pick up the points at the weekend, which means we're still six, you know, six points out of the playoffs. We're just about in touch. But I mean, we've got seven games left. We pretty much have to win all of them. But really, my, my, discussions I've been having with my mates and fellow Watford fans over the last few days is whether we want to go to the game on Friday or not. Uh, it's that, that's kind of where we're at with it. It's, it's really, it's a real low moment for us. Yeah. Uh, I can certainly uh, share that sentiment of not wanting to go to the games because I think uh, that's been a lot for Huddersfield this season, but um, you took, you know, you talked about some of the, and it's, it's clear that there's a lot of frustration among the fan base. I know Chris Wilder talked about at the weekend about how the club needs a cultural reset. Um, I'm assuming that's an opinion you share because it, you know, I, again, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Watford fan, but I know you guys can make the butt of jokes with the ownership and changing managers. But it does seem like the fan base, you know, it worked before, let's like, say, and it seems like maybe it does need that reset. Yeah, I think it was a moment where all of us were like, finally, someone <laughs> said it out loud. And, and it's and it's someone at the club who's who's had the balls to step up and say what needs to be said. I I think there's a healthy 
um, dose of self-preservation in those comments as well. I think he knows full well that he's unlikely to be at the club next season and he wants to probably make it quite clear that, listen, I've done all I can here, but there, there's problems that are bigger than me. And he's right in that in that sense. And he's only had four games. What do you expect? You know, to come in and not be able to come in and do miracles, especially with a, a group of unmotivated, underperforming players like, like we've got. Um, but it, it, it that is the feeling, and that has been the feeling that's growing among has been growing among the fan base. Because there, there was there was time when it's a little bit more split. There were people that would be saying, "Oh, but look, we've had a cup final. We've been in the Premier League for five seasons. You know, we've gotten we've sorted out the stadium. We've having we've had De, Gerard Delafeo in our team, Capu, the Corre, all these great players." So there was kind of, you know, cut Gino a bit of slack. But really this season, the tide has turned and it feels like the majority of supporters now are like, you either need to really, really be introspective and change the way you operate or we'd quite like you to find someone else to come and take over. Um, and of course, we can say that till we're blue in the face, but it's his prerogative in terms of what he does with the club. So that's that's the issue when you, I mean, as you you guys may well soon find out, you get an owner in, it's up to them what they do. Could be good, could be bad, could be somewhere in the middle. But for us, it's increasingly frustrating. And it's very clear that the environment at the club is is a difficult one to be in for the players, and I think, and the staff. And there's been some quite concerning reports coming out this season about just the atmosphere and the, the way the players are treated by the club in terms of bonus payments. And there's lots of agents and there's lots of figures that are involved and we've got a director of football and a technical director and no one really knows who's in charge and Gino the owner kind of does what he wants and undermines the chairman and it's it's all a bit of a mess to be honest with you and again you know we're coming to that end of the season where we should be excited and think can we get into the playoffs and we should be in the playoffs really with the squad that we've got but I really don't know what to expect for the last seven games because because Wild has come out and said that said those things like what's What's his relationship with the players now? Is it going to motivate them or are they going to go like, well, you're off in a few weeks anyway, mate. So so are most of us. So <laughs> it's a tricky one for us. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. And I'm, I'm going to come on to the, the game on Friday. How how are you kind of feeling? You know, Obviously, you said you're not even sure if you're going to go, but in terms of whether you expect Watford to get a result, um, how are you feeling? Because, you know, as uh, I heard on cliches today, you know, Jamie O'Hara saying we're on page two of... Uh, of the table but um yeah we've obviously hit a bit of form beat Nusbra out of nowhere so is there any kind of fear from from Watford fans heading into this one well the concern is that we're fast approaching page two in the championship ourselves to be honest rather than getting up into the top six but when I'm up the thing is and this is this is this is football right I will go on Friday I sort of don't want to but I will and and that's the annoying thing about it. It, it. No matter how badly football treats us, we keep going back to it again and again and again. It's like an abusive relationship in some respects, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, at some point between now and Friday, maybe five minutes before kickoff, I don't know, I'll have a little part of my brain that goes, oh, if we win this, well, maybe we could, you know, we've got Coventry on Monday. Maybe we can beat them as well. We've got quite a good set of fixtures. We've got Lut Luton with the last sort of top, team in, towards the top of the table that we had left. All the teams um, we've got are beneath us now, I think. Although that might change. A few of them are on our tail. But um, so we have still got seven games. And and I think Wilder made the point. He came out again on Monday after those comments. I think he it was a little bit probably someone at the club going, right, OK, you need to rein it in a little bit here. You still are the manager. You still are the head coach. And you, what, you know, so there was a big, there was a lot of talk from him about, right, our challenge now is to do what we can because it's still there for us. Somehow it is still there for us. If we were to if we were to win a couple of games, we'd be on the cusp of the playoffs again. But the problem is we can't even win one game, let alone the, the prospect of winning six out of seven or five out of seven and a few draws. It's not something we've been able to do all season, really. We've 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 not had a run. We've been very inconsistent. Win one, lose one, win two, lose two, draw three, lose two. It's just it's never been the run where you have like three, four, five six wins on the bounce, which is what you need, which can do a lot for you in this league, even quite late on. It's always so tight. You can you can zoom up as, you're, as you are seeing now. You win a couple of games and the picture changes really quickly. So in terms of the game on Friday, I'm not, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm a bit concerned about it because whilst I might try and kid myself into being hopeful, I look at you guys, you beat Millwall and Middlesbrough in the last few weeks, right? And mm -hmm. you've got, you're fighting for your lives and stuff and all that. And you think... I've seen I've seen 
you know, I've seen us lose to a lot of teams sort of down the bottom of the table this season, and it really wouldn't surprise me if you get you get at least a point on Friday. That's interesting. And when we've like speak, spoken to other fans heading in, you know, teams at the top of the table, they're always kind of wary of the Warnock effect. And obviously we've kind of seen that kick in. Um, you know, it's left it late, but it does seem to be kicking in a little bit. Um, are you wary of Neil Warnock? Because, I, I mean, you know, as we've seen recently, the cha- he just loves the championship, doesn't he? Never write yeah. him off. So I mean, has so has, has he? Is he? Have you seen a tangible Warnock effect? Is, do you, are you playing like a Warnock team you'd expect them to play like? Well, I, th- I think it's it's tricky because like I think Warnock gets he gets criticised for you know playing like you know classic hoof at football, but yeah. um, some of our goals have been okay. I mean, to be honest, it's all kind of kicked in since the um, the Norwich game. We got a draw at home. We were terrible, and then it was like. You know, someone chipped the keeper and it hit the post and hit, you know, their defender went in and it's just, you can just see the confidence really. Um, we just, I think, we'll be a bit like how we played against Millwall, where we'll just keep it really tight and then try and, you know, score with a few chances we've had. Whereas against Borough, we were just, um, we knew they conceded a lot, like away from home. So we weirdly, like, just every shot we had went in. It was one of them. So, um, yeah, we have seen a bit of a, like, a, a jump. We've struggled with that sort of team, to be honest with you. Um, the recent game against Wigan, they were bottom of the league at the time. We ended up drawing one all, but sort of came away feeling like it was a defeat, really. Like they just they sat back and they were time wasting. They had two players booked in the first half for time wasting. You know, they knew what they were coming to do and it worked. And we've had plenty of other games against teams like that this season. We've actually done quite well against some of the bigger teams. We've got four points off Burnley this season. Uh, we beat Sheffield United. We beat we were four points off West Brom. Like we beat Norwich twice. Like so, the teams that that kind of take us on a bit more, we've kind of been able to go head to head and sometimes do okay. But really, this season has been a story of failing to beat teams that, on paper, you think we should we should do. Um, so I would give you hope from from that perspective. And yeah, Warnock. I mean, Warnock's been down to Vicarage Road countless times over the years, and we've all you know he's a he's a pantomime sort of villain wherever he goes. We've had run-ins with him. Um, of course, you've got Chris Wilder on the touchline with him, two former Sheffield United managers who will know each other quite well. So I suppose that's an interesting aspect of it as well. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose I'll come on to the to the final question, which everyone hates. But um, if you had to give a score prediction for this one, how do you see it going? Um, I reckon it will be... I think it will be tight... I, th- I would love to say that we're going to win it 2-1 and we're going to sneak it, but I've got a feeling it'll be another one-all draw uh, at home. We've had a lot of those this season. I think, yeah, I'm going to give you a point. One-all, I think. That's interesting. That's exactly what I've gone for. But, like, we don't deserve it. Um, but, yeah, one-all draw. Well, that's great. No, no, David, thank you for the time. Um, just before you go, where can, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, uh, the rather uh, clunky handle at D underscore C underscore W. You can listen to from the Rookery End podcast, but you're Huddersfield fans, so don't bother doing that. But uh, you can also find me on the Football Clichés podcast where we talk about the language of football and how ridiculous it is and do loads of other silly things as well. Yeah, I'm a big big fan. I listen all the time and uh, came to the live show in Leeds and, you know, went even though there was the Leeds, you know, square ball beforehand, so... That's how good it is. Yeah, fair play. I tell you what, we're going to take a break and we're going to go on uh, magicrockbrewing.com, enter the code AHTTC10, and we're going to get 10% off any online order that we do doing that. So uh, not only can I do that, you can do that, listener. So uh, yeah, get it used. Right, okay, let's take a break. Let's come back and let's do the mailbag. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okie dokie, it's mailbag time. Let's do it. You've got mail. Freddie Cocker. Oh, who's Freddie? I don't know him. He asks, outside of the playing squad slash management, what is the first priority you would want the US owners to tackle when they get their feet under the table? Sorting out the stadium, HD1 redevelopment, Dizzy Penalties 2.0. Good questions. Good questions to Tom, I'll come to you first, put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. What do you want the the new Well, look, I mean, I, th- I think we we might have gone touched on this last week with Sir Stephen. Um, I think just the, giving the stadium basically a clean, a tidy up. Um, there's a lot of there's bits falling off it kind of thing. It needs, it just needs that. It needs to just have a little bit of a paint, you know, a lick of paint. Um, I mean, to go the extra mile and give it a bit of a revamp would be brilliant. Like some of the concourse stuff, um, sorting them out, uh, the bits around the stadium, that'd be the big picture stuff for me and make it a bit more of an experience going down there because there's all that, there's all that space in there. Um, I'm, I don't know who who owns the driving, what used to be the driving range, but like there's so much space to be exploited down there and make it a bit more of a an experience for the fans on match day. So I think that'd be my kind of first priority other than obviously the, the football inside of things, Brady, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, Georgia, what about yourself? Any any thoughts if you can't, if it's not the squad on the management? Um. I would like to see more um, academy products, if I'm honest. I don't think enough money goes into the academy um, to help produce them. I know that um, a few of the academy lads live with me at the minute. um, And, you know, I'm constantly looking at the games and stuff like that. And I just, I I don't think that um, in recent years there's been as much academy products as what I maybe have liked. Um, we've got Kyle Hudlin playing in the B team who seems to be scoring a lot of goals. Um, why are we why is he not on the bench? Why are we not giving him ten minutes at the end of end of a game? Um I'd also like to see a bit more money in the in the women's team. Um, not just from a her game two perspective, but because they play at Storfs Hall, um, which not many people know. Um and I'd like to see them uh, a fixture at the John Smiths. I think that would benefit them massively. Um and like you said, just giving it a bit of a revamp. They were saying, I think it's it'd be twenty million pounds in renovation. Someone was saying the other day. So do they invest in doing that, or do they build a whole new stadium? And that's kind of, you know, for me, I don't think we need to be build a new stadium. I think it's in a good location. I think what we've the base that we've got is really good. I just think it needs a whole new revamp really and maybe somewhere that is more like um dedicated fan zone like we had when we were in the premier league when they were face painting before a match and, and stuff like that because i feel like the the family atmosphere is really really missing from huddersfield at the minute we've got the gaming section and we've got the um football section outside but the when we had like the balloons and the face paint and stuff like that, and it's just something so little that brings more people to the club i think yeah, no, really interesting. I think. Um, Sorry, that was long. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. No, they're really good points. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of touch on what you both said here, but I, I almost feel like I'd like the new owners to, to almost like I wouldn't say like necessarily rebrand us, but I think you know it kind of links to their strategy. I want to know. I almost feel like we do need a refresh, like like Tom, Tom and you know, Georgia, you've said like you know not with the stadium in in general, but also like maybe where we are as as a club because I think you know we talk about being a working class club. We talk about, you know, we've had previous owners say we want to be a top 30 team in the, in the, uh, in English football. It'd be good to kind of know with that. And I think, you know, there's a few things to me, George, you touched on it, but I'd really like us to have like a one club approach. So like, not just with, um, you know, the men's team, but bring the women's team into that. You know, I think um, we've talked a fair bit about that, but it'd be good to have them playing at the stadium where they can, you know, a um, bit more training at canal side, etc. Same with the academy, I'd like it to be a bit more integrated. And yeah, I almost wonder, I think that's what will be interesting when we do hear something uh, a bit more concrete from from Kevin Nagel and who, who else is going to be in this group. But I, I'd like us to look at that one, one club philosophy. Because I mean, I know 
you're comparing completely different levels. But you look at Arsenal, for example, I feel like they're a really good example of how the men's team and the women's team integrate and how the academy integrates and how it all feels. You know, I know they're winning a lot of games at the moment, but it all, and that helps, but it all feels like a bit more connected. Um, so that's that's what I would uh, would like them to tackle, really. Um, dizzy penalties as well. Don't take them away. I do like them, but maybe we can... Oh, I love dizzy penalties. I love watching people fall. It's it's <laughs> great. I love it. There you go. There you go. Okay, so the next question. Um, I'm going to put two in one here because uh, Richard Cosmala, who's in sunny Spain at the moment, and I'm not jealous at all, uh, he <laughs> says, talk to me about Thomas Vaslik. Loved his time at Sevilla when he was one of La Liga's best keepers. Delighted to see him do well. And sports writer Zach says, if we stay up, and all parties are interested, would you keep Vlasic for the next season? Uh, Tom, I'll come to you first. That's an interesting one if we stay up, because obviously mm. we saw that Lee Nichols was back in training, um, you know, and he may yeah. play before the end of the season. So, yeah, um, what do you think? I was thinking of this um, this morning. Just, he, he's he's turned it, well, he, no, he hasn't turned it around. Look, he, 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 tur- he came to us basically injured, didn't he? Yeah. And he's he's got his fitness back, and he's looking like the goalkeeper that you you heard about on the Sevilla run to Europa League and all that. And it's actually really exciting. He's got his call up for Czech Republic again, and he, um, I mean, I I would if we stayed up and he wanted to hang around. Yeah, I th- I think he's been looking great recently. Um. And if you, he's one of those. It's a, it's a bit of a cliche. And if you can keep him fit, um, he's good. But then, yeah, Nichols might, might. But I think that's one thing Nichols has been burdened with the last few seasons is the everything has relied on him. Um, we've we've not really had a a backup goalkeeper who comes in with the experience, and whether that be Nichols or Vaslik. Uh, potentially next season be would be quite interesting. I think either way, we've got to sign a, a bit more of an experienced goalkeeper um, so, in the squad I'm, next year. I'm going to put you on the spot then, Tom. If, say, we stay up, who's your number one next season? Uh, Lee Nichols at the moment, but um, I don't, it's a difficult one. It's close. If Vaslik goes on now, there's, I, I, there's still enough games for Vaslik to, I don't know, you know, Show that he isn't he isn't as fit as he can be, or he couldn't carry on. But say he got a couple of free free clean sheets, he'd be putting his hat in the ring massively. There you go, Georgia. What about you? You know, would you keep Vasic next season if we did stay up and he wants to stay? If we had chance of keeping Vasic and Nichols, I think it would create some really healthy rivalry. I think the two experienced goalkeepers, which is something that we've not had in the squad for a long time. Why did we sign Jordan Smith? This is something that really baffles me. <laughs> not, I feel really sorry for him more than anything. I, I met him at the Her game when, when the Her game two um, fixture was happening, and he just he just seems so lost. And I just think the third choice goalkeeper is for somebody like Ryan Schofield or Nico, and that is no disrespect to to either of them because they're both very good keepers however they are younger but to have someone like Jordan Smith as a third choice goalkeeper I personally will feel quite offended but having Lee Nichols say as number one Vasek as your second and then Schofield or Nico as your third that for me is the way it should be not having Jordan Jordan Smith as your third but Lee Nichols for me just brings that confidence that for, for, for a lot of fans, if you see Nichols starting, you're like, oh. And when I saw Nico starting, I was like, right. And it, sometimes when I see Vasilik, like recently, I've been like, right, at least he's in there. But if Nichols, if there was a chance for Nichols to be back, I'd be like, I'd want to see Nichols start, if that makes sense. Just because he brings that kind of stability to the team, I think, because he's had longer to gel with them and he knows how everybody works. Um, But if we could keep both of them for next season, I, I, I'd really like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with either of you. I think um, Nichols for me, you know, is it? He was in the team season last last season. You hope, you know, he's not had. A, I suppose the other thing we need to talk about is if his injury is bad and how he gets on, you know, back after that. Um, 
depending on how we're doing, you know, it would be maybe good to give him a couple of games, but then do you throw him into a situation where he's not fully fit and, you know, we're fighting for our lives? Um, yeah, that's that will be an interesting one to see. I, I think that's uh, yeah. what pre-season's for, you know, um, giving him some time in pre-season to really, you know, chuck himself in, you know, and, and see how much he can kind of handle it. Keep Obviously, we don't know when he's going to be back, but... For me, even if he was back before the end of the season, I would keep Vasilik in just until the end. Just because you don't want to rush anything. Because if he's injured before pre-season, you're absolutely screwed then. In pre-season, you can kind of judge how it's going to go, um, you know, depending on the kind of games that you're playing. Um, and you can kind of test the water then. But if you're playing in, in a you know, survival you know, it, you're fighting for survival at the end of the day and you're going to be trying to block your body at every chance. And if you injure that, then you're injured for pre-season and you're injured for the start of next season. If Vasilik goes, we're screwed and we're back with either Schofield or Nico in there and, mm -hmm. and we just can't do that. No, that's a really good point. I think, yeah, just to, just to finish that, yeah, for me, Nichols is still number one, even though Vasilik has been a lot better. And like you say, Tom, it's because he's fit. <laughs> it's no surprise, is it? Like, um, <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, we will move on. Uh, so Jacob, he asks, if we stay up, um, a lot of questions about if we stay up now. You can tell people are <laughs> confident. Um, if we stay up, do you think we keep Warnock or what type of manager slash playing style are you looking for? Um, for me, personally, I don't think you keep Warnock because um, even if Warnock does keep us up, just because he's, you know, one, I don't think he'll particularly want it because <laughs> um, he made it quite clear when he joined that, he, you know, he only likes running in February and it's like a favour to Dean. Um, I also think if you can have new owners and like you want a long term project, and I don't think Warnock is a long term manager as well as he's done, and like as much as I'm enjoying being back. And who would you have in next season then if uh, Warnock isn't to be here? I can't, I can't really think of a name off the top of my head. Um, I think in terms <laughs> Graham of Potter. <laughs> Graham Potter, yeah, yeah, he likes yeah. blue teams with blue and white stripes, to be fair. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I think what I'd want is um you know, I don't I'm not necessarily against what we've done in the past where we've given managers like Wagner, Corbrand, you know, um a, a chance. I think it's, you know, you know, you look at someone like obviously we played him at the weekend, but Michael Carrick, like a young, exciting manager. I feel like that is kind of the town thing we've seen recently. Mm. Uh, and hopefully they'd have a bit more backing and, you know, not working on scraps with the new ownership. So that's kind of what I'd go for. Uh, to be honest, I think even you know, even if we stay up this season, and that would be fantastic. Let's let's say we're in the championship next season. I really wouldn't mind a season where we're mid table and there's a lot of drama. Me neither. Yeah, but that's kind of what um I think if the possibilities there though, Brady, um say he would say, right, I'll do it one more season. You probably are guaranteed almost that kind of, you know what I mean. So I think if if the op option was there, I would, I would take it for a season. Cool. There you go. Okay, so Georgia, we've uh, I I'm against your uh, Tom's four. Uh, what about you? You see, I uh, I met Neil in September last year. He came into work to to do a podcast, and I said to him, "Oh, would you ever come back as sort of field manager?" And he went, no. No, time's passed it. No, I'm not. I'm not coming back. I says, oh, I says that's a shame. And that was about September. Uh, he says I'm on tour till February anyway. He said so. Nothing will be happening till then. I went. I'll see you in February. And then when he came in February, I was like, life comes at you fast. I was like, we're in a bit of a mess here. I was like, and we and we need a hand. Um, for me, as much as like I adore Warnock. Um. I just think it was one last dance for a reason. Um, and with the new, we've got new everything. We've got new owners. Hopefully, a, a revamp of the stadium. We've got, we've got just a, a new buzz about the place. So, do you ruin someone's legacy? Possibly, of you know, you don't know what he's going to do next season because we we don't even know where we're going to be next season. But. If we stay up, I just think he needs to retire on a high and keeping a team that you love up, if you can, would we'll, we'll just be the icing on the cake, really. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, you've been outvoted, Tom. That's democracy, baby. Uh, last question. <laughs> it's about um, from Folding Stuff. Uh, he says, given that most of these players were bought in by Lee Bromby, is he getting a fair hearing as head of football or a fan's right to want him out just because he gave Schofield the chance and then followed up with Fotheringham? Um, yeah, we've not really heard much about Bromby, have we, Tom? Um, I assume, well, you, you don't know this, but I assume if, you know, if the deal goes through with Kevin Nagel, I assume he'll want to bring in his own men. So, um, yeah, I think that might be the last of Bromby. I don't know. I think the Bromby stuff's quiet because we're winning games, to be honest, as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I think he was, you know, we've talked about it before on the pod, Tom, haven't we? But I think maybe some of that um, criticism towards Bromby was might have been misplaced. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot, but we, we saw before the new ownership that uh, Dave wasn't putting a lot of money in because he wanted to sell, which is fair enough. Um, so that means could really work with you can't really get the best players and particularly when you're near the bottom of the table so I don't know what what do you think do you think he's getting a fair hearing or or not um I've I've, I mean, I've pretty much just was gonna say exactly what you said Brady I mean they somewhat they got point finger at someone and that's who it was I mean some of the signings have been pretty bad I'd say this year um but then Looking at the way we're playing at the moment, was it more down to the management? I mean, I th- I think I said it. I I wanted Schofield to succeed. I think we said it at the start of the year, but what we needed was some experience, and mm-hmm. we've we had we've had two options this season to do that, and we decided not to do it. And then finally, we went for it, and look how it's working out. We potentially might save a season. Um. Yeah. So, and I mean, that is Bromby's side of the football club, isn't it? Deciding who's in charge and et cetera, having an input with Dean. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Georgia, what about yourself? What do you make of all the kind of Lee Bromby chat? Got to be careful what I say. <laughs> um, for me, Huddersfield Town isn't what it was five years ago. The morale is completely different. I think we settle. I don't think there's any ambition, really, until Warnock's come in. Um, especially after Carlos left, there was just from the get go, there was just no ambition to do well, and that's not down to Danny Schofield because Danny Schofield loved the club. Mark didn't rate Mark at all, to be honest. Um, just on another day, on another day, done. I never want to hear the words on another day again. Um, just because I just think he just had an excuse for everything and the club at the minute just seems to come out of excuses for everything that was going wrong there was just no accountability it was hostile it was toxic and I do think Bromby may play a part in that um, now Hoyle obviously really kindly you know left all the debt and, and said right you know that's fine Um and like I said, I think it's a bit of a cover-up at the minute because we are doing well, um, that Bromby isn't held accountable for some of the stuff that's gone wrong. Um, I think Dean's had most of it, um, which is why, you know, I think the sale has gone through quite quickly um, compared to what it had been. Well, at the minute, there's no there's no interest to buy Huddersfield. We're not succeeding. We're fighting relegation. We had millions of debt. We weren't bringing in good managers. You know, we were settling for whatever. You know, we when Mark was here, there was no ambition to stay up. There was no fight. And I, I was going to football. I came home, I was so upset. I thought, I've wasted, I've wasted this money. There's other people that are struggling to make ends meet, but they want to please their kids, so they're taking them to football. For what? There was no end product. And Lee Bromby needs to take accountability for some of it. Not all of it. I don't believe he's... Is responsible for all of it, but bringing Mark in, what was that? That was that was horrendous. It was a horrendous decision from the get go. Um, Danny, it was too much too soon. I think I think if he'd have come in, maybe in, in, in a bit a bit of a different way, um, and maybe just stayed like as an, like an assistant head coach. But giving him the full responsibility for for a first time was just it was stupid from the get go. Absolutely stupid. He's not had 
much experience and I think he got he got really shafted to be honest um and obviously he, he's trying to do his best at Doncaster now but you know the the only thing that I can really praise Bromby and, and being part of the decision in was bringing Warnock in and, and a few good players but you know how much can that kind of save you back um and I, I just think there's a there's a lot of people that need to take accountability for the way the club has ended up this season um, and I think some people have, but some are yet to be held for. Yeah, yeah, good point, really good point. I suppose we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens with the new ownership. But yeah, we've yeah, Bromby has been very quiet, um, you know, and obviously Dave Baldwin's there is now as well now. So um, yeah, be interesting. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, it's time for you're the boss. So uh, Georgia, I I think we asked you last time we we're on, but um, I asked this to all guests, so I'll do a bit of a recap, but. Um, if you were in the dugout on Saturday for, and you were Huddersfield Town Manager, Warnock said, "Georgia, I need you to to lead the team. Um, oh, what's your managerial God. outfit? What are you going to wear? My managerial? Oh, God. Um, God. You should have seen me on Saturday. I felt like I was the manager. I had my hands in my pockets. I had cargos on. So probably wear my cargos. I'm really northern, that cargos. Um, I'd have my cargos on. I'd have um, like a little shirt with like a jumper um, and uh, just yeah, some nice trainers for when hopefully I'm celebrating um, but yeah I think that I think that'd be my, my fit that's very very stylish I like it and um, I think that's one of the best ones we've had so far so yeah very very smart very <laughs> modern manager as well like can't it. be wearing trackies that's the no I don't like it when they wear like the full kit it stresses me out because <laughs> you just look like one of the backgrounds like the backroom stuff like please look a bit different like I like how Michael Carrick dresses I thought he looks very smart at the weekend I liked it fair fair cool so okay so we know what you, you're wearing uh, if you are <laughs> the boss but um, yeah, the lineup for the last game. So against Middlesbrough, we were four two three one. Maybe Stephen Chicken thinks it's four three three. Probably was. Um, but yeah, we had Vaslik in there, a back four of Pearson, Lee's, Hellick, Ruffles. The midfield two was Hogg and Edmonds Green, and then we had Dwayne Holmes, Rodoni, and Coroma behind Danny Ward. Um, Tom, would you make any changes? Obviously, from the sounds of it, Holmes probably isn't gonna. Yeah. You know, that was a bit of a shame, really, wasn't it? Because he's been away for ages. But, um, yeah, do not look like Holmes is going to make it. So, uh, so Holmes is out, in it? So, I yeah. mean, it's probably going to be Ben Jackson coming in. Hungbo won't be available. Yeah, because he's um, a uh, So then you're going to have to have someone else on the bench as well. Um, so, I mean, I mean, who, who, who would you... Kamara, maybe? Kamara pops up, probably. Um, I, th- I think he's going to... He'll, he'll play a similar team because... Um, although it's a wild, it is a wilder team. Um, I mean, it sounds like they played five at the back against Watford. Uh, sorry, against Luton um, last week. So um, it sounds like he's trying to implement the wild, the wilder tactics already. And it, it's almost a bit reminiscent of when he he came into Borough. Um, I, I I feel like he he comes into a team when it's near the end of the season, and he's almost planning, thinking for next season. Bit of damage limitation almost this year. Don't want to. I felt like when he was at Borough, it was like he didn't really want to get playoffs. That do you know what I mean? That half of the mm. season, and he wanted to have a full season at it, and that actually didn't work in his favour in the end. Um, so I think we'll see a similar team at the Brady. Um, Warnock will be up for it as well, won't he? Because of uh, almost Wilder taking his job at Borough as well. So it, it'd be be a, it'd be a feisty one. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he would risk putting, like we said, Kamara in there to start with. I think he'd rather go a bit more defensive and, and have Jackson probably where Holmes would be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. I think I'd probably, yeah, I think the you don't really change a winning team, so just Jackson for... For, uh, Holmes for me, and then like you probably swap him over because he has played Karoma on the right. Although Karoma was was excellent on Saturday, I thought and deserved his goal. So yeah, don't beat a winning team. Um, Georgia, would you make many changes, or are you are you kind of agreeing with us and not tweaking too much? 
To be fair, like you said, I'm really gutted about Dwayne Holmes. I think he brought quite an but more of an impact than what I thought he was going um, to the team. He, he made it more attacking, I, I think. Um, and this, this seems like less afraid because he, he's small, but he's quick. Um, and I tell you what, since Romani Edmonds-Green's come in, I, I feel so confident watching him. Um, and if like the ball's like, obviously, if, we, if we're quite defensive, I'm always thinking right, Romani's going to get to that. Um, and I think obviously his loan experiences have helped, but I, I'm really enjoying watching him. I think he's blossoming, blossoming around Pearson and Lees and Hellick, you know, older role models. Josh Ruffles, I thought, was brilliant. I would be so surprised if he doesn't start. Um, I just think I think he's dead underrated, Josh Ruffles. I really like him, um, but maybe that's just me. But I do really like him. But uh, yeah, like you say, um, hopefully Rodona gets his goal as well. So that's coming at some point. Don't know when, but he, he does deserve a goal now. But yeah, probably just bringing Ben Jackson in just to just to keep it safe. Um, like you said, Wilder, it's quite unpredictable. Um, Wilder sometimes uh, you don't know how he's going to be on the day. So I feel a bit nervous actually. I, I haven't felt right nervous thinking about it, but no. And Chris Wilder's, you know, very particular manager and one that. I'm hoping that Neil Warnock's really going to want to hammer home that you don't take my job and you certainly don't take the three points. Mm. Here's open, here's open. So with that in mind, then what's our score prediction for this one? Uh... Oh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to do it. Oh. Um... Well, should we come back to you, Georgia? I'll let Tom go first. Yeah, yeah, come back to me because I don't want to jinx all. Um. Um, I uh, the thing that I don't like is that from their fans that I know, and then what I've listened to a bit of their post match for Luton is they're all on a proper downer, and in a way, I don't like that because it <laughs> feels like they're on too much of a given up that they're probably due something. Um, but I think because of the high that we're on. And if Romani can, like, I'm guessing what they'll do, Brady, what Reg has seems to have been doing, they'll probably put Reg on Pedro, won't they, for the game. Mm. If he can keep him quiet, then I think we can maybe be looking at a town one niller. Well, well, and who's getting that goal if you're uh, Reg is keeping him quiet? <laughs> do you know what? Imagine that. Reg keeps, the performance of any player in the championship keeps Pedro quiet and gets the winner. Reg one nil. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I know I always predict draws, but I, you know, we've got the Blackburn game on Monday as well, and that's at home. Um, and I'm weirdly, even though Blackburn are in, you know, like a better form, I, I feel like Warnock may look to that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna. I I do think one all. I I I think with you, Tom, really depends because, like you said, they're on a downer. If you can. Have it nil nil at half time. I think that really plays into yes. Tom's hands. Yeah, so, we can just, get you know... we can get them or the fans basically either on their back or basically saying I'm not I can't be asked with this. <laughs> Keep them quiet. Yeah, definitely, Brady. Yeah, I mean, I'd love it if Warnock does exactly what we did at Millwall. You know, yeah, just be solid and sneak a one nil. But yeah, I yeah. I will go one one, and I think. Um, you know, Pearson's on a bit of a bit of a tear, but I think one of the other centre backs is going to score. So I'm going to go uh, Hellick because he's mm. got a few from set pieces this season. Uh, go on then, Georgia. You, you, I've given you plenty of time. You do have to come up with a prediction. See, I'm just really superstitious. Um, I think. I mean, at the weekend, I had my coat on for all the goals, and as soon as I took it off, they scored. And I was like, it's back on. And I, I, even though I was boiling, I was going bright red, I had to keep it on till full time because I was just so paranoid. <laughs> Maybe that's just like really bad paranoia, I don't know. But um, oh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be 1-1 one, one draw. Um, I think obviously Watford are a very attacking side and they seem quite, whenever we play them, we just look like we just never, we never get the ball. Um, and I think the Mechos look worse than what we are. But that was earlier in the season um, and we've had what seems to be a touch wood. 
turnaround. Um, so, oh, goal scorer. Could be, could be anyone, really. No, I didn't even expect Matty Pearson to get a brace at the weekend, but... Um, I'd love Rodoni to get one. I know he hasn't got, he hasn't got it yet, but it would be a Rodoni game to score in. Very unpredictable. So, we'll go with... I can't believe I'm saying that. We'll go with Rodoni. Nice. Well, you know, if you if you do listen to this podcast, Georgie, you'd know that uh, me and Tom always think it's going to be a Rodoni game to score in, so... Uh... <laughs> Brady, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a really weird stat in here now as well because I just okay. I just thought I'd have, a, I'd have a quick look at historically, um, yeah. the games against Watford and in the last fifteen meetings, by the looks of it, this is very quick maths I'm doing, so I might not be adding this up very well. Every five games, there's been one team that has so the last five games Watford have won the most. Then the five before we've won the most, and then the five before that they've won the most. So if we're working in cycles, we're going into a new set of five games, and towns should win more of these games. Don't know if that gives anyone a bit more positivity going into it as well. <laughs> I feel and now, and now I feel stressed knowing that. I feel more stressed. That's uh, a re- really weird, actually. That is weird. That's probably one of the weirdest statistics I think I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Tom. More of that, please. More of the strange stats. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, before before we finish, uh, we need to go and hear from Colin Ka- Colin Kwana because it's time for Kwana's question. A few things, the things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. Okay, so Kwana's question is here. Um, interested to get everyone's take on this. I'll come to you too as well to get your thoughts on this. After recent results, we're all, let's be, you know, let's be fair to say, we're all a little bit more positive, particularly, uh, and this is great for someone who does a podcast, that uh, we got the news that Reading have been deducted six points before we recorded, so we had time to include it in. So, um, yeah, so with that all in mind, we asked the listeners, on a scale of one to ten, how hopeful are you of town avoiding relegation now? So one is no chance and is definitely staying up. So I'm going to read some of the listeners' responses and then I'm going to ask you to uh, your thoughts. So um, <laughs> Guy Bradley says four because it's the hope that kills you. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Martin Senior, however, says 10 plus. So uh, that's a very confident, man. Uh, Jay Bentley says, after Hull, it was a three. After Blackpool, a two. And after Coventry, a one. Now I think a nine. It's well within our grasp and we've been playing some decent stuff. And we've got Emily Terrier with a four. James Jessup with a six. I, oh, I'm going to go for a, a six. I think we've got the best chance we've had in a long time. And, you know, you look at Rotherham, you look at QPR, um, you look at Reading now as well. It's all, it's all within within reach. Got to play Cardiff as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's the hope that kills you. But, yeah, I think we've, we've <laughs> probably got the best chance we've had in a while. Um, Georgia, what about yourself on a scale of one to ten? How, how are you feeling? Uh, it's the hope that kills you and it really is so I'm going to have to go over four I, I just think if you go into every game ex- expecting the least which is, sounds awful I genuinely thought we were going to get something from Norwich um, uh, something, sorry something more from Norwich um, and I, I just thought especially in the second half I was like no we've got this we've got this and then it was kind of oh, and Coventry as well did not expect Four nil at home, like that was ridiculous. I was, I stayed to like, we didn't even play like half decent. That was, that was horrendous. Um, so it definitely taught me after after the Coventry game. Mm. No, no, we're not, we're not going to get our hopes up for for the rest of the season. So I think it's just taking every game. So we're going to go four. Four, fair, fair. I think that's, I think that's the smart, you know, smart, smart approach. Tom, what about you? Are you letting the hope? You know, are you going for a 10 or are you going to go for a conservative number? I mean, when you look from 18 down, right, they're probably they're probably the teams in it. And you look at the form, there's only really us and Wigan. You'd potentially say, oh, they might go, keep going on a bit of a run. Um, Touchwood. Touchwood, yeah. But honestly, I'm go- I've never been more confident, Brady. Oh, Tom. Oh, why have you said that? No, why have you said that? 
I look at QPR, I can't see them really winning another game. I look at Reading there in free form. I'm, I've got a Reading fan, mate. He just thinks that, that this six points is going to kill him. Um, I think Cardiff's potential, they're not going to do too great. I think they'll do all right. So I think there's two teams that Town can catch. Um, so I'd say, I'd say a seven. Wow. Wow. We'll we'll see, won't we? But yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> what a difference a couple of wins makes, eh? But you, but we're done and dusted. We will see. Um, we will see at the end of the season if it's a one or if it's a ten. Um, but yeah, I think that will that will do us for this episode. Um, so yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Magic Rock, who sponsor as always. Don't forget about that code we told you about earlier, HHTTC ten. Tom and I will be back to preview a game. We're working out what to do about Blackbird. Might do a Twitter poll. We'll see. Um, but yeah. Thanks to Georgia and Tom for coming on. Um, Georgia, do you want to say anything to the town fans before we get off? Just, especially on Monday, just just get the atmosphere going because there's, there's just nothing better. And obviously we saw we being at Blackburn and uh, I would say sit and watch. Let's, uh, let's make him realise that, uh, you know, we can fight and we deserve to be in the championship because we do. And um, that he should come back and... Uh, help us try and get automatics or playoffs next season if we stay up. There we go. Tom, anything you want to say, Mr. 7 out of 10? Uh, no, just enjoy your Easter weekend and let's hope after this short space of two games, we are absolutely buzzing by next Tuesday. Oh, well, there you go. I like it. And uh, yeah, uh, as Tom mentions, it's Easter. So if you are celebrating, have an excellent time. And uh, we will oh, leave before, I, before <laughs> I crack off oh. any more puns. We'll end it there. There we go. Take care, everyone. To top and out and up the town. So town play up. We'll bring the car back to others. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, muck nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.